This is the Newsstand, episode 63. We're recording this on Wednesday, August 17th, 2016. I'm Ryan Gallagher, and tonight I have Aaron West and Keith Enright to discuss the November 2016 Criterion Collection lineup, along with a few other pieces of news. Hey, Aaron. Uh, hey, you. And hey, Keith. How's it going? Hello, gents. I'm doing very well. All right. So kind of a big month in November that we have uh, ahead of us. This one uh, went up on schedule on Monday, on the 15th. And we have a, a, quite a number of things that we knew were coming, some rumored stuff and some long rumored things as well. Um, mm. The Lone Wolf and Cub set has finally been announced. This is one that we've been hoping for for a while now. I think the um, this all started years ago when uh, Animego had released these on Blu-ray and then their box set went out of print. And, you know, that was around the time when Criterion was working on Zatoichi stuff, uh, or, you know, working on the box set. And so, or at least that that one had come out. And I think some of the phantom pages started going up for, for the, one of the actors in the set or in the series. And so there were things pointing towards this. And then on, in the wacky New Year's drawing, we got a you know, a glimpse into uh, the future in that we got the little, uh, the little cart. So this Mm -hmm. is going to be a three disc Blu-ray set and a five disc DVD set. Uh, We've gotten a few teases from Paul Pope, the artist who did the cover as far as what the interior art will look like as well. He's posted some stuff over on Twitter and uh, it's going to be a little digipack box set slipcase uh, deal with uh, these with these discs inside and it's going to include all six films, including the, uh, English re-edit dub of, uh, called Shogun Assassin. Um, there was another Shogun Assassin two, which edited the other films or a couple of the other films together, but it doesn't look like they're including that in this collection, but this is going to have t- new 2k restorations of all the films and it's going to include quite a few supplements, some interesting ones, including like a 1937 silent documentary about the making of samurai swords. Uh, that is awesome. <laughs> it is so awesome. Yeah. I've been waiting for that for years. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they would do more things like that. Just include, yes. you know, these random things that aren't really related to the actual material, but, you know, are very important to, you know, the context of, of what we're seeing. And there's been a lot of talk about uh, samurai fatigue, so why not go even further in history and uh, talk about the origins? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a 2005 documentary about the making of the series, new interviews with Kazuo Koike, the writer of the of the manga series, um, which is very exciting. He's he's mm-hmm. also working on the new new Lone Wolf and Cub series uh, that Dark Horse is putting out right now. Um, so yeah, this looks great. I mean, this looks like everything I would want it to to have included in it. And uh, now it's just a matter of seeing how these new restorations look, uh, if they look any better than the discs that Animego put out a few years ago, which weren't terribly great. And I think Eureka put out a DVD set in the UK of these mm-hmm. films as well. Um, and some people have been, have been talking about hanging on to those in case the the color timing is, you know, vastly different with these Criterion ones, like it's been with the Lady Snowblood stuff and uh, some of the other titles that that have been, had competing releases in the UK and the US. 
It's very interesting. Aaron Aaron mentioned uh, samurai fatigue. <laughs> I'm feeling that a bit. I'm only sixty percent through Zatoichi, so they're stacking up on me. Yeah, now now and now you have this six more films uh, <laughs> along with all this other material to get through. In addition to things like Lady Snowblood that you could go and include in that. Yep. And about 15 Kurosawa films. <laughs> yeah. And I, I actually got to the point, actually, over the weekend, I, I, I'm down to one final Zatoichi. Nice. Um, and I, I got there Sunday, and then, of course, Monday, <laughs> there's six more. <laughs> so uh, I, this is, isn't much, I don't think it's going to be too much like Zatoichi. Similar, but different. This is, you know, this is kind of the big box set for, I mean, we're getting several big box sets in the coming months. And mm-hmm. this is kind of the big November uh, box set, which is, you know, which I guess doesn't really have as much uh, like gravitas as it's had in the past. You know, like in, in years gone by, there have been like, you know, they've they've held off in the months surrounding November to make that one a little bit more special. Uh, to, you know, that's like the big release of the year, like the, the something that, you know, everyone's going to have on their wish list. Um, and now it's like, well, we're getting box sets every month sometimes more <laughs> than one in a month uh leading up to it so you know maybe the big box set this year for someone will be the decalogue and for someone else sure. it will be the mm-hmm. uh the, the guillermo del toro set or and now we vendors. have vendors yes the vendors collection exactly yeah there's been a lot of box sets this year and i really last year i don't think there were maybe one or two whether wallace sean and i'm thinking there was one other one uh, well, the Apu trilogy was a, oh right, of course <laughs> that was a pretty big a, one. That was a big one. So I think really just those two, but I think yeah. this year we have four at least. So I don't want to complain about too much of a good thing, but I, I kind of make a a little bit of a distinction between a box set that is like an actor's or a or a director's, you know, a, a big collection of a, a, a maybe a certain theme or a certain time period for them. As opposed to something like this, is the more of a, a collection of a serial. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's always fun to get these jam-packed editions of whatever it is. Yeah, and I think Samurai Fatigue or not, I think this is going to be an impressive uh, release, and I have a feeling the transfer will, will look fantastic. Um, I, I I enjoy. I haven't seen all the films, but um, one thing I think that's really cool is these inspired our Road to Perdition, the Sam Mendes movie from 2000. So I I haven't seen any of this, this since I've seen that. Of course, that's been, been a while, but it'll be interesting to rewatch with that one in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you enjoy them too, getting the comics is something that you know those those comics are amazing, and you can get mm-hmm. them now in these omnibus editions where they're a little bit. Uh, larger and you know collect more volumes than the than the, the smaller ones but um they're great and you know very readable i did see the uh the entire series at a comic book store and i'm, I'm not really a big comic book guy I, I i have a couple um but they just look so nice and you know as obviously i like nice looking things on shelves so sure. i was tempted <laughs> to just buy them just to have them but uh, i might actually the following week on November 15th, we're getting uh, two releases, Spines 842 and 843. 842, Akira Kurosawa's Dreams. This is one that folks have been hoping for for years, ever since that, you know, ever since Criterion has been working on the Kurosawa films, they've been, you know, people have hoped for this to, re- to you know, get back into the collection. Was this a Laserdisc title, Once Upon a Time? 
It was not. Not it, for Criterion. Okay. No. Um, so this one though is has been handled in the past by Warner Brothers. Uh, you know they've done like a Warner Archive has had has done DVD releases of it uh, over the past few years. And so that was always kind of the sticking point in anyone hoping that Criterion might get it is that, you know, well, Warner Brothers has it. And so they, you know, they might not let Criterion ever, ever touch it. Um, but obviously that has all kind of melted away and uh, they are, you know, working together uh, almost every month now. It seems like we're getting a new Warner Brothers related title mm-hmm. uh, in yeah. the collection. This, this the one, other day, uh, go ahead. the other day, Filmstruck, uh, uh, tweeted you know how many kurosawas have you seen and i said 28 so this and quiet duel are the only two that i've never seen and uh west anthony was quick to point out that that means he's more of a a kurosawa completionist than i am (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, i haven't seen this either but it's one i've wanted to i i think this is the the type of disc to uh, test out the player Oh yeah, uh, be very visual, and and boy, the disc is just so stacked. Uh, it is. It's almost intimidating. So they're going to include the new 4K transfer, a new audio commentary track featuring Stephen Prince, uh, and making of a documentary shot by Nobuhiku Obayashi of uh, of House Fame, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow, that's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. And. Uh, what else do we have here? New interviews with uh, the assistant director and production manager. Um, this documentary called Kurosawa's Way. And uh, a new a booklet. They actually go as far as yes. describing <laughs> it as a booklet. Uh, which means, you know, no fold-out leaflets for this one. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that will include lots of, you know, uh, lots of the paintings that, that have gone around featuring Kurosawa's artwork that, you know, you can see on the cover. Um, but there's lots of, of paintings that he's done for this film in particular. Um, this one was teased at back in earlier this year, back in January, uh, when they posted that Lee Klein was uh, visiting Tokyo to begin right. work on on the production of this. And he they showed off some pictures of of some artwork that was, um, you know, by Kurosawa, like drawings and whatnot. Wow, that was January. It felt like a month ago. Yeah. Time's wow. flying. Yeah. <laughs> so after Dreams, what are the what are the other Kurosawa films that need to get individual releases? Matadayo? Yeah, Redbeard, I think it played can at it can classic, I believe was it last year or the year before last. Oh, yeah, so there's yeah. there's a restoration out there. Um Matadayo, uh Rhapsody in August, is it? Um I don't Yeah, you're right. I think that's it. Except, oh, and yeah. the and the uh, the Russian. What is the? Um, oh, Derzu Uzala. Uh, yeah. Uzala. Yeah. Uzala. Yeah. Which, I if you are to, are... Has, so uh, <laughs> that one, I, I think some folks on the forum who have uh, gotten there. So, is that on the the Filmstruck beta? Is that one up there right now? I believe I so. Will, yeah. I will neither confirm nor defy or deny. But if Aaron asks me. <laughs> over video i'll shake my head <laughs> uh, according to some forums i've read uh both derzu asala and matadayo are on filmstruck so okay. i don't i don't know that that means i don't know that we know enough about that to whether that means there's going to be a release or maybe like the old hulu the you know like the nairusei films oh yeah we're on the clips or we're on hulu and never got uh, a release so who knows well, i have the derzu laser disc and it's not a great transfer it's very very dark and it's it's a wonderful movie but that certainly kept me 
distanced from it. I couldn't really get into it as much as I wanted to because it was mm-hmm. so dark. So I would really love to see a release. Yeah, and that one yeah. had like a DVD release from Kino um, for years, and but, but you know was also kind of notoriously not a great transfer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I tried the DVD, and I actually I'm, I'm not one to give up on a Kurosawa film, but it's one of those I just thought, okay, I'll wait for a better one. One will come along. It's probably what I experienced. Do we have any idea? Put somebody on the spot. Do we have any idea who owns the Quiet Duel? I don't. Uh, let's see if we can quickly find <laughs> it. Uh, this one, I will cut all this silence out once <laughs> I get to, uh, the Quiet Duel production company, Brentwood Home Video had a release in 2006, BCI Eclipse, um, hmm. I don't see any. Brandon Films did a U.S. release back in '79. Um, it's sitting in a closet somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. So, is that one of the only other Kurosawa films that hasn't had any kind of, uh, or it's you know it's certainly not a part of the collection? As far as I know, yeah, it's. I think it's 1949. It's right around the time of Stray Dog. In that, it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Mafune's second Kurosawa film. And it's, uh, I think, uh, oh, I hope this is all getting cut out. I forgot the guy's name. The Kurosawa's other main leading man. They're both uh, in Shimura. it. Shimura, yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's kind of it a, it's a medical drama type of movie. Mm-hmm. Like Redbeard. Yeah. So, all right. So also on November 15th, we're getting a, a little film from a director that has had <laughs> not had a single Criterion Collection DVD or Blu-ray release, although he was once upon a time in the Laserdisc uh, collection. Paul Thomas Anderson, his film Punch Drunk Love from 2002 is joining the collection on November 15th. Very exciting. This is one of my favorites oh, yes. of his. Um, this one is is less has been less rumored i think than all the other titles so this might have been a more of a surprise for some folks uh this one i think several years ago there was rumors of a blu-ray going around and paul thomas anderson at that time had been like you know showing up at the criterion collection offices doing those interviews uh that they posted on on the website and so it just seemed like things were lining up for a punch drunk love release from criterion but then you know years went by and nothing happened and every so often i would just feel like oh i I should just you know like tweet out you know like or post pictures of punch drunk love just to keep the rumor going Mm -hmm. and i and i would have i would have listeners or readers on on the online like (laughs) tweeting at me saying like why do you keep torturing me like where is this (laughs) blu-ray and uh it's finally here this I like one, to think that they yeah. they were tweeting you in a in a massive rage, like you know, kicking kicking through the <laughs> yeah, there you uh, go. the there screen you go. door <laughs> or the glass yeah. door. <laughs> Those are like that's like the closest that I get to any kind of harassment uh, on Twitter. I I, re- I read about all these poor people who get harassed on Twitter, and the closest that I get are like the people who are like, "Where is this disc that you said was coming a long time ago?" <laughs> I hold you personally responsible. Yeah. It's your fault. Yeah. 
So this I kind of put this in the uh, the the foregone, foregone conclusion category myself. I've always thought since the Sony relationship started that this was coming eventually. I, mm-hmm. I I'm glad to see it, but I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm with you, Ryan. I, I adore this movie. I, I saw it back when it came out, and actually, what was that, 2002? Two. Yeah. yeah. Two, wow, yeah. I, so, And I, I remember, actually, the, it's one of those, the first time I watched it, I enjoyed it, but, but the, it, with rewatches, especially just how um, how it's framed, it's one of those movies that any image you could take a screenshot, and it looks uh, amazing, although some people would argue that the cover, maybe not so much. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the DVD cover, uh, the, the silhouette uh shot i think is amazing and just little things like in the grocery store he he is able to make it look beautiful or um, mm-hmm. you know healthy choices uh tv right. dinners <laughs> yeah it's ironic that the that the super bit disc um it, it almost looks more criterion like than this one does it does yeah i, I think the cover's fine it, oh, it has it a, yeah. a little glowy thing that i don't really get but uh, uh yeah it's fine so this has a new 4K transfer. This is going to include uh, a number of the supplements, which were, I think, included on the DVD, uh, yes. including that Blossoms and Blood 12-minute uh, piece. Um, although they are going to have new interviews with John Bryan and um, a new piece of behind-the-scenes footage, uh, and as well as a conversation between uh, curators Michael Connor and Leah Gangitano about the art of Jeremy Blake, the guy who's behind a lot of the, like, the kind of the, the images like what are those like transition images in between different yeah. parts of the movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what they call are those the, are the actual scopatones yeah. yeah oh right yeah okay. those were on the dvd too that, that those yeah. were interesting but different um yeah not a, a lot of john bryan um not a lot of pta or well, sandler yeah uh, you would I, want i was uh i know no when, pta that's new that i can see yeah when uh um, those interviews uh, when the phantom pages were going up, folks were, you know, I guess like we were talking about it in the Slack, talking about whether or not like, you know, he might have gone in for a commentary for this. Um, and I think maybe that was something that he had even kind of teased at in the past, saying that he would be interested in doing a commentary for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was there. At the, he's been there at the offices. He could have mm-hmm. he could have spent a little bit uh, a time talking about this movie. But uh, yeah, he is a busy know. man, though, so he always has something going on. Um, yeah, and of course, uh, there have been a lot of little jokes that uh, Adam Sandler is finally in the collection. And I, I, people, I think people forget that 2002 was on, on the heels of you know Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore and uh, The Wedding Singer. So he was actually a little, had a better reputation then as a comic actor. And I remember when this came out, I thought he'd finally turned a corner and was going to be this amazing dramatic <laughs> actor. Yeah. Oops. Uh, didn't, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> I would like to see a special feature on what happened to Adam Sandler after this. Why? (laughs) I can't wait to talk about this release uh, in, I guess, in early December when we do the Chronicles episode for it, just because I love this movie so much. And it like Mm -hmm. it made I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it on DVD. Um, A roommate of mine showed it to me after I was kind of dealing with a like a breakup. And it was I was already like in an anxious mood and then like this movie just uh the music in it just pushed me over the edge and i was having like the worst anxiety attack while watching this movie but i loved it so much it was like the most enjoyable anxiety attack i'd ever had like a catharsis kind of kind of yeah i mean like i think it's like the music and in some of the sequences you know when he's uh 
when he is also kind of like walking back and forth or going, or I think even when he mm-hmm. like punches through the wall or he like, you know, breaks, breaks different things. Um, there's moments where like the music just swells and it just is, you know, it's hard to uh, sit there and, and, you know, enjoy it. There's a lot of tension in the movie, and and also uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. There's tension with his character, and I th- is this oh, yeah. his first appearance in the in the collection as well? I oh, think it might be. That oh, is that boy. true, man. That can't be true, but it looks like it is. I mean, according to his his little uh, his little people page, uh, there's yeah. nothing else attached to it. I mean, but surely he was. I mean, he was in laser in the. Um, Boogie Nights, obviously, Boogie Nights, in the yeah. laser disc. Right, right, yeah. Laser yeah. Disc. Yeah. yeah, it looks like no other... That's crazy. That I, for I, sure, I, I totally would have thought that there was something else in there that... Are, yeah. Are, and you I do lo- me, are you telling me Twister's not in the collection? <laughs> <laughs> he is great in this role, too, uh, but yes. it's not, not his typical, the, the type he's known for. It's not Capote. No. So on November 22nd, we're getting two more releases, uh, 844 and 845. 844 is Marlon Brando's One-Eyed Jacks. This one recently got a new restoration, which played, I think, at the Cannes Film Festival and also at uh, the Cinema Retrovado in, in Bologna, um, which is where I think Criterion might have even like tipped their hat or, you know, like shown their, mm-hmm. their hand a little bit in that they were... Um, interested in it by tweeting about it or that they were headed off to the screening of it which um and i think even before then people were talking had this was in the conversation of like oh well hopefully criterion will get their hands on this new restoration Mm -hmm. i know nothing about this movie for years i've confused it with the missouri breaks and they're not the same movie apparently yeah, I, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I know it kind of has a. a, a, a well, I, I read a book about Brando, and so it's kind of an interesting story behind the film. And so I, I don't know that people will love it. I, some people will, but I, I think this might become more like, which is perfect for Criterion, the type like Heaven's Gate, where it's more the story behind the film. And Brando's so you know he was so self indulgent, but had so much talent that I, I really think it'll come to light in this film. And um, and and just look at the features sort of the behind the scenes I think are going to be fascinating. Um, well, taking over for Kubrick who got fired. I mean, that's, I mean, that certainly fits the bill of the story behind the movie. That's a mm-hmm. very interesting little tidbit. And I think he shot hours and hours of footage and I, I think he was way over budget and had to chop it down and make it somewhat watchable. So, and I think it was very un- unsuccessful too. Mm-hmm. I, I could have some of that wrong, but. Well, yeah, we're going to get this video essay uh, on the disc to kind of talk about the um, the production history of, of the film. Um, I watched the trailer mm-hmm. right before we started tonight, and I'm wondering, <laughs> having grown up in the 70s, um, I, it, it was kind of surprising to me watching the trailer to hear Brando say the phrases scum-sucking pig and tub of guts. And I'm like, man, did, that, did those come from this movie? They might have. <laughs> yeah. Uh so this is going to and if this one features artwork by Robert Hunt who I think recently did the um New World painting as well uh in addition to some oh, other right. paintings that he's mm-hmm. done like um Kreisen, not Cries and Whispers but um the other Ingmar Bergman Blu-ray upgrade from a couple I of wonder, from, our, uh, Rhapsody um 
Um, so the Bergman one that he did was Autumn Sonata. He did the painting. That's what I'm that. trying to say. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a, I, another beautiful painting by him. Yeah, I really like this cover, and I, I think he d- did a great job getting uh, Brando in profile. Yeah. And uh, s- since we didn't mention, I, I also really like the Lone Wolf, really all the Paul Pope's artwork, and um, and I think the the Dreams cover is really nice too. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the first art- time? Yeah. It was good. Is that the first time we've had his artwork on a cover? I think it is. Kurosawa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what about that Ron cover for the DVD? Was uh, that? Ah, that's oh, probably yeah. him. That's yeah, probably I, him. I guess that still counts. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm, I wonder, because, like, that one, maybe not, because there are paintings by him. Um, yeah, actually, that that cover was Lucien S.Y. Yang. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. But, you know, maybe we'll get, I mean, hopefully they're working towards another version of that box set, the DVD box set, uh, and maybe, you know, even though they don't have the rights to Ron anymore, like maybe they'll put together another version, like a Blu-ray version of it that they can include. Uh, more artwork by Kurosawa. Yeah, that'd be nice. I would love that. So also on November 22nd, Noah Baumbach's The Squid and the Whale also teased that in the Wacky New Year's drawing from earlier this year. This is his 2005 film, Spine 845. Uh, also getting a new 4K digital transfer with new interviews from Baumbach and Jeff Daniels and Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, is this Jesse Eisenberg's first uh, appearance in the collection? <laughs> I have to imagine that it is. Well, Batman Superman's not going to make it, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we have Batman in the collection uh, in, you know, things like Chasing Amy. And now we have, and now we have uh, uh, Lex Luthor in Squid and the Whale. Yeah, I don't think well, we're getting we Superman. Are, <laughs> we already had Gene Hackman fill in that role before. Oh, that's, that's, that's true. true. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The, the one and only, uh, the, the one true Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Um, Nothing against Jesse. No. Uh, this one is going to have a new conversation about the score of the film, in addition to the 2004 documentary, um, behind, like behind the scenes release of it. Um Kind of a boring cover in that it's just a you know uh, a still from the movie with some nice new lettering um, as for the title treatment, but um, maybe the most boring of all the covers. But you know sometimes sometimes they have to do that, I guess. Yeah, it's getting a good bit of hate. I, I'm not a, usually a cover hater, but yeah, I, I, I'm not too fond of it. <laughs> I, I think it's boring. I think it's boring, but I, I kind of like the look of it, so I'll yeah. I'll be the lone positive dissenter there <laughs> you know some some people think the film's boring so maybe true <laughs> uh I, I should add that um the composers it, it's a little different uh, dean wareham and britta phillips are really indie rock stars they were in yes. uh, they, luna and uh and dean wareham was in galaxy 500 so uh kids go check that out if you want to get some indie cred uh, they make good music um and they've actually be, they're good friends with uh with Bombac and i i, I know dean's done a, a number of scores for him mm-hmm so with with this and Zadoichi getting crossed off the list, I think we might have all of the teases from the Wacky New Year's drawing covered so far this year. Uh, I didn't see anything else on the drawing that seemed like it was standing out as a, you know, oh, there's still this that we're hoping for in December. It seems like we've got almost everything crossed off the list now. I think you're right. Yeah. I was actually thinking about the year before. You remember two years ago when everybody thought that that 
eyeball was one-eyed jacks turned out to be jellyfish eyes but now we have one-eyed jacks so it came around it might have been a double clue and we didn't know I mean, we can always with with anything. We're like, well, we'll just re, we'll just go back and say that that's what it was for. That's yes, what it was exactly. sure. Yeah, of course. Reverse engineer it. <laughs> yes, <Why exactly>. not? <laughs> All right. So, um, a pretty exciting month for November. Um, lots of things to watch. You know, it's always exciting when we get a, a box set. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some other stuff that Criterion has teased at uh, and kind of announced over the past. Uh, month or so. So let's talk about the latest uh, email drawing. The the one that no, uh, some people, it's hard kind of, there's no <laughs> clear consensus. Uh, although like, I guess there is like a, an agreed upon like answer for it at this point. There's the, um, the woman riding in a boat, rowing in a boat. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, a little guy on the side of the river with a uh, with a bullhorn. Mm-hmm. So the consensus is that this is for Roma, as in Roma, Roma. <laughs> yeah, that was a clever one from Jason Poland. <laughs> a little little different, but yeah, I, that I mean, I didn't get that right away, and it wasn't. I think someone on the forum got it, and it was just like, oh yeah, of course, that's uh, that's great. Um, I mean, there there are you know, there's the, the variation of it where it could be Mama Roma. Which a lot of people said that, yeah. Yeah, I mean that seems like it could be, you know, if either happens, like it could be, you know, we could just associate it with that, like you know, either one works for it. Yeah, two years from now we'll be we said oh that was a double clue. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I know. Whenever that one gets its upgrade, then we'll say, oh, see, we were right. But they, I, I, they, people. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say I, I never I never chime in on these. I'm horrible at these. <laughs> I, I'm still. Remember the one a few months ago for Phoenix, which was just the map Arizona. I spent a day and a half trying to make it raising Arizona out of that. So <laughs> I, I'm no good at this. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I kind of like that. It, it, usually, these they somebody gets them right away, and then everybody looks like uh, like Phoenix. I, I think everybody pretty much agreed on that one pretty quick. Yeah, but this one there was a, a good bit of dialogue. I, I saw um, bringing up baby was talked about. Some, oh, yeah. which mm-hmm. I could kind of see that, and up, upstream color. Shane Carruth was was mentioned, which I there there was no color, so I, I don't. But it is upstream. Yeah. So this is so Roma being the Fellini film from 1972, also known as Fellini's Roma. Um, this one has had a Blu-ray release in the UK from Masters of Cinema, and um, has been kind of long rumored. Another long rumored title MGM release from here in the States, uh, that Criterion is most likely working on. I mean, back in, you know, like, I think when Satyricon came out, that was, you know, like, it seemed like this was now the next most likely Fellini film to get a release from Criterion. Mm-hmm. Probably what it is. Um, did this one have a Laserdisc title? Since I have the King of Laserdiscs uh, <laughs> on the podcast, this is just what I'm going to go, you're going to be my go-to. Is this on I Laserdisc? Like that. Guy? I like that. Satyricon did, I don't believe no Roma did not otherwise I would have been picking it up because we don't have Roma yet on Blu-ray so no it didn't all right interesting um I wonder what happened there with like or why Satyricon did and this one didn't um interesting so um let's see yeah it looks like it doesn't even have any laser disc oh wait I'm, 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 I found a Japanese one so but that won't help you much yeah 
All right. So go ahead. No, nothing. Okay. Um, so let's see here. So, uh, another piece of news that I talked to Brian a little bit about last week that I thought I would, I wanted, I just wanted to save it for a criterion cast discussion at some point. Um, is that Hulu has announced that they're going to be getting rid of their free plan. And I wanted to talk with you guys about it, obviously, because like Criterion has had such a, you know, important role in all of our, uh, like signing up with Hulu, um, over the years. And, you know, back in the day, it was essentially just a free program and it was, you know, they, Criterion had a very small presence, uh, to begin with where they had a few documentaries available or a few films, uh, on it. And, you know, for as long as the Criterion cast has been around, we've been talking about Hulu and like the move to streaming. And now with them kind of quietly announcing that they're going to be getting rid of the free plan, um, that just felt like, you know, news worth talking about here on the show just to kind of like, um, I, I don't know if, I mean, I talked to Brian about this as well, like whether or not this means like, you know, or with, with Criterion moving their streaming options to, to Filmstruck, in a couple of months, is there going to be this mass exodus of cinephiles away from Hulu, um, you know, canceling their plans? I mean, they do still have a lot of deals worked out with different studios as far as films go. They have a lot of different TV uh, content on there. But the, you know, the Hulu Plus subscription, you're still paying uh, $8 a month for a service that includes ads in everything mm-hmm. that you watch, you know, except for the Criterion stuff. But that's kind of a a special arrangement that they have worked out and will certainly go away once criterion stuff uh, goes away. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I've already di- divested myself of Hulu. Oh yeah. You've already cut off already. So, and, and I, don't, I don't think I ever really used the free version. I guess now I could, but, uh, but I, I, I always think, think of Hulu as more of a TV service. And mm-hmm. so, so that's, I'm guessing, and I'm sure somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, but it's probably just for new episodes of the shows they want to promote. Is that about right? That's what Not really. No? <laughs> Not really. The free version is. That's what I meant, yeah. Yeah. Um, the free version is. I, I, I'm i a Hulu fanatic, actually. I, I will not be getting rid of it. Um, I travel a lot for work, and that's the only time that I use Hulu for Criterion titles um, when I'm on the road. But I actually have the twelve dollar version where you get where you can do it with no commercials, mm-hmm. and that's oh. pretty fantastic. However, I will say, and this is just a pet peeve, I watch a lot of BBC television shows on Hulu, and they don't have commercials. So you would figure when you went to the twelve dollar version, it would just play right through, but that's not true because they've already they've already put fade ins and fade outs for the commercial version and with the non-commercial version the fade ins and fade outs are still there mm. which is kind of dumb <laughs> did have you seen i guess either on like the on the forums or in the facebook group have people been talking about you know what they're planning on doing getting rid of are they going to just switch over to filmstruck or uh does it seem like they'll stick around on hulu it almost seems like kind of a non-story. I think people yeah. are just, uh, you know, they're going to do Filmstruck when it comes out, and I don't know. Yeah, yeah I think people are waiting to see, too, what happens and what Filmstruck looks like. Uh, you know, some people are in, in the beta and have an idea. Uh, and also the pricing, too, is is a, we still don't know a, a few things. And I think Filmstruck's supposed to come out in, what, two, three months? Yeah, that's what it seems like. I mean, we're, we're getting closer and closer to that vague idea of when 
uh, or the, like, the general idea of when when Filmstruck might launch. Um, but I think I forget when. I think in Peter Becker's post, he had mentioned something about November as being like the mm-hmm. Criterion exclusive deal on Hulu it was ending then. So that might be. I believe when... he specifically said mid-November. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So now, sometimes these can get pushed back, but uh, yeah. I, I imagine they're shooting for that. Yeah, um, it has been interesting to see everyone talking about you know the the beta or the beta experience as far as like you know with titles that are going up uh, on the on the forum. I mean, you know the the kind of the arrangement is that like you're not really supposed to talk about the beta in public. I mean, you know whenever tech people get into various betas uh, for, you know, like developers and whatnot, uh, like with Apple, they always have to avoid talking about certain things uh, that are, you know, exclusive to the beta, to the whatever beta they're working on. Um, I felt like that was kind of similar here, but, you know, as soon as everyone started getting in, I guess they just were handing out betas left and right and uh, didn't really make it clear that they didn't want people to talk about the the content that was in there or the films like the new exclusive films that criteria that we didn't know criterion had the rights to uh that we now know criterion has the rights to i mean uh, like that one movie <laughs> <laughs> like that one movie that you know everyone seems to be talking about it's you know up on the criterion reddit thread all the time and it's up on the criterion forum and people are talking about it on Twitter and people are talking about it on Facebook. And so it seems like it would be silly of us to not mention things like Stalker or uh, Derzu Uzala <laughs> or, you know, some of the other stuff. Meta, that, uh, Metadio. Yeah. So, I mean, those things are are definitely out there in the conversations online. And uh, hopefully once Filmstruck goes live, we can all rejoice in knowing, you know, perfectly well that uh, Criterion will be releasing a beautiful new edition of Stalker and you might not need to import the one that's currently about to come out in the UK. Yeah, side note, uh, just speaking of canceling things, um, unrelated to Filmstruck, I just canceled my Stalker (laughs) (laughs) pre-order, but I can't tell you why. Uh, I didn't cancel mine yet, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get both. Uh, and I got my Andre Rublev, uh, even though you know there might be also a really nice version of Andre Rublev on uh, on Filmstruck as well. So yeah, I did get Mirror. So although maybe that'll come to Criterion too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, a few other things to talk about tonight. Um, so I guess like the, the whole thing with the Hulu dishing the free plan is just like, I wonder how that will affect Criterion because Criterion loves to promote the free, like what's free on Hulu this week. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, each week when they do, they're kind of like little, little film festival collections of, of you know, th- themed uh, titles. Um, I wonder if that will just turn into like, here's what, here's our little festival this week on Hulu um, or if they'll just stop doing that altogether. Um, it might that, just all be filmstruck. Yeah, I mean, m- maybe. I guess we'll just have to see because Hulu. I don't think they've officially said like this is exactly when we're canceling the film, the free uh, plan. But I'm, we're all assuming that's going to happen within the next few weeks. I mean, this was a story going around on like Variety and whatnot, so um, yes. it seemed like a a real thing that's going to happen. I just don't know if it's happened yet or um, it hasn't happened yet. They've put us on notice. Yeah. Um, yeah, for anyone, they say they're preparing a cable alter- alternative. So, so for anyone out there who hasn't, uh, who was maybe uh, 
unsure if the tease uh, a couple months ago for His Girl Friday was in fact His Girl Friday. Uh, be you know rest assured that it is. There's a picture over on Twitter from uh, David featuring David Boardwell uh, f- recording what the tweet describes as a commentary for the Criterion Collection release of His Girl Friday. But it looks kind of like an interview to sure does. <laughs> so I mean, maybe he did have two bottles bottles of water. So I don't know, but I, I figured he'd have notes if if it was a commentary. <laughs> I mean, maybe he just recorded it in a studio and then went out to record a little like introduction or a little you know <laughs> short interview you know segment that's going to be included on the disc in addition to the commentary uh, as well. So I mean, you know, recording a commentary is probably not the most like photogenics uh area you know if you're in a little booth with headphones and a little microphone like it certainly doesn't look like what what he's doing here no it doesn't most people don't wear makeup for commentaries i think (laughs) Uh, i think david did for his 2001 (laughs) oh yeah Uh, well, I, I'm a big fan of Boardwell, so I, I loved his commentary on Autumn Afternoon, and I th- think he's done a couple others, or has he, on Criterion? Oh, but, I think he has, yeah. Yes. Uh, even if it's just an interview, that's fine, I think, and, and I'm so excited for His Girl Friday, too, and actually, that's a little different kind of uh, genre for Boardwell uh, with the collection, I think, so looking forward to it. Didn't come out this month, maybe next? Yeah. Um, yeah, so this one is now one of the, like, we've been getting these uh, teases and releases pretty consistently within, like, uh, you know, the, they're they're teased at and then announced the following month. And this is now kind of, like, breaking that trend of b- making it last a little bit longer, uh, you know, in between when it's teased at and when it's announced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're clearly still working on it. Yeah. So. Um. A few other things, the, uh, for anyone out there who's interested in picking up the poster art for Multiple Maniacs or the Decalogue, uh, you can now order those over on Criterion's website. They're, they're up over there. Uh, in addition to like the, <clears throat> the Blood Simple poster uh, is now available up uh, on the Criterion website as well, um, which is different than the cover that they're using. It's like the theatrical poster that Janice is using, not the, the Criterion cover art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some people prefer that that poster. I I don't really have a have an opinion. But. Uh, I wish they had done the cover uh, on the disc as the poster, but you know I like both. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, that's a I popular opinion. Yeah. Um. So a couple of other things. Uh, I wanted to talk with you guys a little bit about what's to come. Some titles that have been teased at or are rumored. Uh, but still haven't gotten a release as far as like, you know, what we might hope uh, or expect to come in December or just in the coming year. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously his girl Friday, we just talked about. So that might be, mm-hmm. that might be a December release. Um, Black girl and the, the films of Usman Semben. We, we talked about on the newsstand uh, several months ago now and mm-hmm. uh, still hasn't happened yet. So, those are they actively touring right now? I think uh, they are, yeah. I, th- I think Black Girl is. Right. Yeah, so I, they're probably wrapping that up, so that could be a, a December release. Yeah. Um, the uh, Tampopo, which we talked about in the newsstand last month, uh, which is going to be playing in New York, uh, has finally now been kind of acknowledged by Janice uh, mm-hmm. when, when, they teased, when they posted a little picture uh, from it. 
um, even though like the the poster for the film forum, I think, had like specifically called out Janice as being, you know, behind this new restoration and touring uh, tour of the film. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Roma might happen the uh, four months, three weeks and two days that we all saw teased at <laughs> last year on the Apu Trilogy supplements. Uh, where they had apparently they had cover art ready to go, or at least mm-hmm. they've been there, there's cover yeah. art uh, in you know in in competition with other cover art, um, but it's still still not here. It seems like one that they're they're taking their time on certainly. I, I think, think they're puni- in, punishing us for yes. I believe it's coming in five years, eleven months, <laughs> <laughs> seven, seven days. <laughs> That's good. Uh, <laughs> Well, there's also uh, the, his other film, too, that uh, I think it's as rumored, uh, Children. And uh, Beyond the Hills, too, that the IFC release. Um, you know, some of the bigger titles like Grand Budapest Hotel or Tree of Life or, um, you know, some of these other ones that seem like they'll get eventual Criterion releases. Um, I don't know if those would make for good December titles. I mean, December sometimes mm-hmm. can be you know the 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 stepchild of the of the year where it just gets like one or two releases sometimes they do more sometimes they'll do you know a a world cinema project box set release or the Katsi trilogy or things like that um but then other to- other months it's like you know oh here's one new release and an upgrade and yeah. that's about it mm-hmm. Jelly, jellyfish eyes <laughs> yeah jellyfish eyes <laughs> that was last year sorry <laughs> uh and Burroughs, yeah, that was a pretty quiet month. Yeah. With the uh, Downhill Racer as the, the upgrade that month, yeah. Yes, right. very quiet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Dragon Inn, you know, Dragon Inn might get its own individual release at some point. You know, I don't know how, if they're going to try to like, you know, p- push them further, you know, push the, uh, push it further back from, you know, these, this recent release of, um, you know, the film that just came out last month that I'm totally drawing a blank on that, uh. Uh, touch of zen touch of zen exactly right <laughs> yeah they they do like to i they like if they don't put them out in a box they do like to space them out a few months uh, so yeah maybe that's why but the the greg ruth's uh cover art complements each other uh what i assume is going to be the, the cover art for dragon in so yeah mm-hmm. were there any so are there any other titles that you're that you guys are hoping for in you know in in december or in just in 2017 in general that like you know, whether it's been teased at or not, like just things that you uh, maybe have your fingers crossed and are secretly hoping for. I'm uh, this is not a specific title, but I'm I remain curious on whether these two Cohen brothers portend any sort of floodgates of, of, of more Cohen's over the next few years. Um, some might say it's a bit obvious, but I, I, I think that most um, fit the collection very well, and I may be the only person who thinks Hudsucker Proxy is one of their best. So, yeah, I could I, Warner Brothers could give that up pretty easily. Yeah, uh, the Warner Archive released that one on Blu-ray. That was one of their first True. Blu-rays that they did. But I mean, you know, I don't know if that means like that they wouldn't give it up to Criterion um, if they asked. Uh, what are what are their? So you mentioned it earlier, but like Raising Arizona. Um, that would make a great Criterion release. Are there any other ones that stand out as like this should be, you know, this is this, this deserves a Criterion edition of of this. Well, I, 
Yeah, I, I think if you want to go more from the Criterion aesthetic, I, I would think that the man who wasn't there and a serious man would be, could, I would love to see them with some substantial supplements. Mm-hmm. Uh, serious Man is still one of my favorites as well. Love it, love it. Yeah, and I think also Barton Fink was rumored yes, a long, yes. long time ago, and I, I think that would be a perfect fit. Uh, and I don't believe there's a, a Blu-ray release, so... Uh, I, and I, I have no idea who has the rights to that either, but um, yeah, that, that's one I'd love. It's a, it's a Fox title along with uh, Raising Arizona. Okay. Yeah, it could happen. Mm-hmm. Was that one where there were phantom pages going up for people related to Barton Fink? Is that how that how that got that rumor got started? I think so. I think a long time ago, though. So yeah. maybe three, four years ago, maybe. Yeah. Um. Aaron, do you have any other any other hopes and dreams for 2017 Criterion, <laughs> criterion releases? Uh, yeah, I, uh, quite a few. Um, well, the the, <laughs> the before trilogy, I think, is oh, a big yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, I I would love to see the Coker trilogy, uh, Chirostomy. Um I, I'm pretty sure we'll see more vendors from that uh, retrospective. Uh, yeah, and I, I could probably name dozens, hundreds of films. I'd love to. I could. I could do a poll, Keith. <laughs> oh, not on my site, you're not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they now. Yeah, doing a Kurosami uh, box set, you know, with the Coker trilogy, that would be. That'd be nice. To, I mean, you know, maybe they'll wait to do one of those November style box sets next year mm-hmm. for that, but. Um, I mean, we know that they have uh, those films, or at least um, what was the 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 what was the one like? My, uh, where's my my friend's where, house? Where's my friend's house? That's the one that's on mm-hmm. Hulu right now. Mm-hmm. And they still haven't upgraded uh, chair, uh, Touch of Cherry either, so that seems like one that would be right up everybody's alley. Well, not everybody, but you know, people like us. Yeah, yeah, it's a very very bare bones. Keith, so uh, any Laserdisc that you haven't bought yet that you're holding out hope that Criterion, you know, comes back and redoes it on Blu-ray? Um, not necessarily, because I'm getting down to some of the more mainstream titles. I just picked up a great copy of Seven today. But um, one that I've just been putting off because I'm convinced it's coming any day is Two English Girls by Truffaut. Mm. But That's a great movie. Yeah. Is that one? But that, other, other they, than that, I'm not. I'm not thinking of anything. Yeah, I, I read on some forum somewhere that it might be on some online service. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's on Hulu also right now. Uh, two, two English, English girls. girls. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. So yeah. So we don't need to worry about breaking any kind of embargo with <laughs> describing <laughs> a an online service that may or may not have these titles. Um, I would like to see Olympiad one and two come, so I don't have to shell out some pretty big bucks for it yeah uh, we'll see (laughs) keith what is going on with this uh what is the mystery of the missing spine number well the mystery grows uh so when the titles came out on monday um they started with um what's 841 lone Lone Wolf, right? Mm-hmm. So Lone Wolf comes out at 841, which was the executioner for October. And the Tree of the Wooden Clogs with the only movie was 840. And now they've moved the executioner down to 840. The clogs has no tight or has no spine right now, and there's no empty slots for it. So 
if anything, I hope this wasn't a, a laser days type mix up where they've got a whole bunch of stuff printed with 841 on it for two different discs. But uh, it looks like they're going to have to come around to eight, at least 846 on uh, wooden clogs to make it work. All right. So I have two theories. My first theory is that uh, they listened to your Criterion Completion episode where you were talking about the spine number irregularities and they yes. wanted, and they were like, okay, well, we need to, we need to, <laughs> we need to do something to, to mess with our perfect record yes. of, of spine number handling with these DVDs and throw like a big wrench into everything just to make people uh, care about this stuff. Uh, my well, I'd like to content, thank them. Keith. I would like to thank them then, yes, for giving me content for hour forty-three. <laughs> uh, my second theory that might be more realistic is that since they moved McCabe and Mrs. Miller into October uh, ah. and they pushed everything around, this is now a very heavy month. Maybe mm-hmm. they're going to move Tree of Wooden Clogs to December and uh put it in that later batch of spine numbers and just say that uh you know just to kind of like ease up on the number of releases and like give themselves um a little bit of breathing room um and that they were just waiting to do the november stuff so then now they can put uh free of wooden clogs in as a december title that's well i think option option three on that still is that jonathan terrell has been walking around all week going son of a Bitch! <laughs> Somebody uh, forgot the plus one button on uh, in Excel. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, this it is kind of a strange thing. Like, you know, how does something like that get mixed up? I mean, is it was it just like you know simple human error on like you know forgetting to move it down one? Uh, but I don't know. That seems so strange. Yeah. And t- with uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller, it's possible they're just they're going to shuffle it to November too, because there's even though there's a box set, there's only five titles, yeah. so it it would make some sense. Uh, but th- that doesn't happen often. It happened with Moonrise last year, and I guess McCabe this year. I think that's the only only ones I can think of recently. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. just thought of option number four. Okay. Somebody <laughs> just said, "Let's get Ryan and the guys to talk about this for three weeks." <laughs> Giving us content. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah, so look forward to follow-up uh, on the on the controversy surrounding the missing spine number for Tree of Wooden Clogs in uh, the next episode of the Newsstand. <laughs> All right. Encyclopedia Brown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're on it. That's a cliffhanger. Uh, so, guys, thanks so much for joining me tonight to talk about these titles. Uh, Keith, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on uh, over at the Criterion Completion podcast and uh, if you have anything else you want to promote, um, you know, as far as like Facebook groups and whatnot. Yeah. Well, uh, Criterion Completion Hour 3 came out about two weeks ago now, and I've been very heartened by all the uh, the good feedback that I've been getting on it. Um Doug McCrambridge and I had a, a fantastic conversation that had uh, a little bit of alcohol involved, so it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and let's see, I'm in pre-production on, on Hour 4 right now, and I'm going to be talking to a couple of guys who are not really in our uh, small little Criterion cast world, but some people out there that are doing other Criterion podcasts, so more about that later. Um, yeah, hour three was a, was a lot of fun. It was a little, 
I was a little anxious to put that out there because I kind of went with a personal angle on it, but uh, I've really liked, I've really been heartened by the, the feedback, as I already said. Um, over on the Criterion Completion Facebook page, um, as you guys know, it's a constant trouble with um, um, having it be a collecting site and not alienating uh, members who, through their own interests, uh, try to... or you know, go different directions with it, which is can be fine. But as everybody knows, we're trying to do a little something different over there and be it specifically about collecting. So I've started up a sister group called the Criterion Conversation, which um, we're having some really nice uh, conversations about the films themselves. Um, I've been very clear in the past about um, when we talk about collecting, we're not worried about the relative merit of the film or whether it should or shouldn't be in the canon we just accept that it is but over on criterion conversation we're getting into some um, uh, well thought out and respectful discussions uh, about the films themselves and i've been very pleased at that Um, some people might be a little frustrated from going from one group to the other but think of it as just a forum where you're just clicking on a different category so um you know, we've we hit we hit the big three hundred on completion earlier this week, and about fifty five of us have moved over to the conversation as well. So, come on over and uh, and let your opinions fly. Aaron, what are you guys working on these days over at uh, the Criterion Close Up? Ah, uh, well, we uh, as as uh, it kind of fits with this episode, but we're going to do uh, an episode on downhill racer uh, for a December title, uh, kind of mm-hmm. an Olympic tie-in a little bit. Uh, then we're doing uh, Zadoichi uh, and kind of gearing up for our big French French series next month, which uh, begins. Uh, yes. Already started uh, prepping for that, and we just celebrated our first anniversary. I, I know that's what like thirteen percent. 14% of yours, Ryan, but it was a big deal to us. Uh, so uh, uh, it was fun. It's a nice episode to listen to you guys talking face to face. And I would be remiss to not mention that I also met a Criterion cast member face to face last week. I was in Detroit for work and drove over to Grand Rapids and had some dinner and, and was invited into the inner sanctum at, at David Blakesley's house. So that was a lot of fun. It was great to meet him. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for joining me tonight to talk about these things. Listeners, thanks for downloading the show, and we'll be back next month to talk about the December lineup. So see you then.